listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new weird baby. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. That's right. I called the babies weird. Aww. But they're so cute. How can you call them weird? Um, I just heard you I off my call these babies weird, and now you're throwing me under the weird baby bus. Yeah, that's true. I think babies are kind of weird, too. They're super weird <laughs> they're, and amazing. They're unpredictable, and they don't look like they do later in life. Yeah, especially they're, newborn babies, right? Yeah, we're talking the very early newborn babies. You're like, really? What is happening with you? What? Why? Huh? How, why do Jen and Elise not like the babies? Why are we getting all down with the babies? We love the babies. What um, we um, have found, though, is that uh, the parents of the babies are have, weird. Uh, they have a hard time <laughs> with the weirdness of the babies. It's true. But I think babies are just strange in the way that they figure out how to live. Yeah, babies are weird, which I think is why new parents are kind of weird too, though. You know, (laughs) if you're trying to figure out what this little human being is doing, you're going to be kind of weird too. Yeah, and I think there's some fear, some anxiety, some like, wait, am I going to know if something is wrong? Yeah. All of that makes a lot of sense. So, and you're not sleeping or eating food necessarily while it's hot or with both hands or sitting. Yes. And it's a lot to figure out. There's a lot of weirdness. Yes. So let's try to talk a little bit today about the weirdness and the specialness and the uniqueness. The awesomeness. Yes, really. Actually, let's just, let's give these little babies a little bit of credit here. So you've been squished up in a very confined, warm, watery space where you don't have to do anything but kick around and hang out. Yeah. Then you food on top. Come out into this world that is loud and noise. Well, loud and noisy is the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's loud. It is full of stimulation. It is bright. Oh my goodness! It is so bright compared to the inside. It is so bright, and then tactile stimulation. Right, because you've never had anything touching your skin. Exactly. All you had is amniotic fluid. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, there's like blankets on you and a diaper. And then they're and- trying to like tug clothing off of you, and they're touching your bum with wetness. What is this? It's cold. You have to figure out how to breathe during all of this and how to eat. It's a lot. So we should give babies a lot more credit. And maybe a cup of coffee. Man, if I had to figure out all of that in a day, I'd need a cup of coffee too. (laughs) Or something else stronger than the coffee. (laughs) Don't give that to babies, Jen. You're going to get us in trouble. (laughs) No, you're just saying that you would need a cup of coffee. Oh, right. I was like, wow, we're going to have to put a little liability disclaimer in here. No, no, Please don't give your babies alcohol. Jen is all wrong there. (laughs) That was not what I meant at all. Jen, the postpartum doula of the year, giving babies alcohol. Oh, my God. secret to getting babies to sleep through You're the night. You're totally misconstruing <laughs> all of this. Okay, why are babies weird? Let's talk about the first one on the list. Number one, babies are super weird because they have blue hands and feet. Okay, why do they have blue hands and feet, Elise? Tell us. Well, your baby before coming out has never had oxygenated blood. 
So blood is blue. And so the oxygenated blood has not moved to their hands and feet. And it's not as important that they get the oxygenated blood at their hands and feet. The baby's body is super smart. And it's like, hey, the brain and the heart. Mm. That's where we need to go. Let's bring some oxygenated blood to the brain and the heart first. And, you know, hands and feet, meh, those are like the least important things that we have on our bodies. Yeah. So you, my friend, if I looked at you and you had blue hands and feet, I'd be like, ah, uh, hypothermia much? Right. Let's get you warmed up. Um, so blue hands and feet on a baby is not a sign that they are cold. If we're wondering about the temperature of a baby, we're wanting to actually touch their core, which would be like their chest, stomach sort of area. Um, sometimes having some blueness on other parts of the body. I recently saw a baby that I was like, hmm, you're not dressed very warmly. And she had a little bit, her coloring was just a little bit off. And so I suggested to the parents, let's go ahead and just put one more layer of clothing on the baby. And then she actually pinked right up. Um, and again, it wasn't that I was looking at her hands and feet thinking she was cold, although right. they were a little bluer. But other parts of her body also just kind of had this hue of, I don't know about this coloring. And so we put on some clothes, and like I said, she pinked right up everywhere else and looked nice. So blue hands and feet are not my baby's cold. Um, and that blue hands and feet also tends to um, kind of go away by, I don't know, a couple weeks in. Yeah. Um, some well, babies, weeks, I would say. Like, usually pretty soon sometimes. Sometimes. I think there's a variation there. There is a lot. I can but see. But if ever, when in doubt, just take your baby's temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is great as you're just trying to figure out your weird baby and your weird new life. <laughs> yeah. So blue around the nose and mouth, like you've probably been told by providers, is a concern. Um, and that is different than hands and feet. Hands and feet blue, totally normal. Um, yeah. Face, no. No. Nope. Okay, number two, Jen. Um, newborn babies could not fit through the pelvis if they had more skills. Okay, let's retract what that. What skills? Yeah. So what we're talking about here is um, if human babies were born with more skills. Like like puppies or... What? Well, you know how like puppies are... <laughs> Jen did not know I was going there. I was like, yeah, what are you talking Wait, where about? Where are we puppies? going? Why are we going with puppies? Puppies like, are, can't even see. Their eyes aren't even open. No, but they can walk. Oh, that's true. We had to pause there and think about it. Well, they can kind of scoot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They find mom. And they're not, they don't, they're not a year old by the time they're walking. Like, oh. my dog just turned one, and he's been walking since I got him at eight weeks. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Right. I see where you're going there. Like puppies. Like puppies. Most animals, actually. Walk. Most animals have more um, independence, mm -hmm. I would say. Think about birds. Yeah. I don't really like no. to think about birds. Birds. Okay, that's a bad That's example. a terrible one because the bear. <laughs> they sit but in the little nest. Fly, and... right? Can't they fly? Not at birth. What are you? Oh, you need some animal <laughs> education. With no. the girls this weekend, you go to the library and get yourself some animal books. Wait a minute. Hold on. But baby birds can eventually fly. Eventually. Not when they're one. Baby animal, I'm baby humans can eventually walk. Okay. <laughs> so um, we got to work this out a little bit. Yeah, Bear with us. Apparently. <laughs> Elise needs education on the animal kingdom. I think, we, yeah, if you guys 
can give us some information about the animal kingdom. We're, we're really just experts in babies, not other animals. So what we're trying to say is <laughs> if a baby's brain was any larger than it already is. And their abilities were like walking and feeding themselves with a fork. Right. More advanced in their development. They wouldn't fit through the human pelvis. So um, babies are born in that helpless state partly because we need to be able to get them out of our bodies. Mm. And if they were um, developed longer in the human body to have some of those skills, then they wouldn't actually fit out of the pelvis. So all those times that I was like, ugh, why can't my baby communicate with me a little bit more or do, you know, X, Y, Z... Uh, it's a good thing that she couldn't because then she would have been giant. Right, right. Nobody wants to birth a toddler. Right. Also, they're not that much more helpful. Right. <laughs> I um, I think um, not from a research standpoint, but just from anecdotally, I'm thinking about how bonding and connection also um, takes mm. place with a human in that we are meeting all of their needs, right? Um, and if they were born a bit more resilient, there would be less need to take care of them, which would decrease um, bonding and attachment. Um, from the early days. From Potentially. the early days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that's also helpful to think about. But I think our point, um, our simplistic point here is that know that um, humans don't get out of other humans if they were more advancedly. If they were more like giraffes. <laughs> who come out and can just walk. They're a little stumbly. It's super cute. All right. I'm just going to move right on. This is actually my very favorite one. Babies know that a place for them to be is at the breast because of a super cool thing about the breast. So there you might notice when you get pregnant that not only do your areolas sometimes get larger, but they often get darker as well. But they get these little bumps on them, which are called Montgomery glands. And Ooh, aren't you fancy? Oh, you didn't today. know I was gonna pull that out. I huh? didn't. You're getting fancy. Oh, this is well, this is my very favorite baby fact ever. Okay, great. And those Montgomery glands have like a lubrication type substance in there. And the smell of it matches the smell of amniotic fluid. Oh my gosh. Isn't that the coolest? So your baby's like, oh hey, I belong there. We match. I smell mm -hmm. like it on my skin because you didn't dry me off a whole I mean you you may have patted me dry, but you didn't wipe everything off of me because all that good stuff is great. And it makes parents um birth parents match their baby smell. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Yep. I love that one. So another connecting point between a baby and that bonding, that um, connection with birth parent. That makes yep. a lot of sense. Yeah. I just think that's super smart. Yeah. So um, babies are pretty amazing because they can rock the cone head <laughs> because I actually have more um more bones in their little heads than adults Which do. makes them, fun fact, have more bones in their bodies than a full-grown adult. Wow. I actually did not know that. Wow. I am just amazing you with you my are. knowledge of weird babies today. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought it was more about the, the bones are not completely fused in mm -hmm. the head, which allows them to overlap. So It's true. But because they're not 
completely fused, then they're separate bones, and that counts as oh. more bones in their body. Oh, I see. Okay. Then I kind of knew that, but I didn't know that. But okay, you hadn't really connected it to I having more bones in their that. body. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So newborn baby heads are um, made in a way that um, the bones, the plates of bones can actually overlap, which is what happens during a vaginal birth that... Um, in order to fit through the pelvis, which is a fairly narrow space, um, those bones overlap. Um, often why um, babies have what we might call a cone head, which <laughs> will go away um, within even an hour or two. Yeah. Sometimes newborns can have that kind of a little bit of that cone-shaped, not perfectly round sort of head for a couple of days. But most babies... Um, the <laughs> the most cone-headed, beautiful, adorable baby that I'd ever seen. Um, oh, you've seen a really good cone head. I would love, I'm going to ask permission if we can share this photo. But you guys, <laughs> this was the cone head of all cone heads. She gets. She's the cone head queen. She gets the that prize. She, whatever her nicknames are, cone head yeah. queen should be her nickname. So we saw when she came out um, due to the type of birth um, and labor that mom had had. We're like, yeah, that baby was spending some time in the birth canal. Um, and a fair bit of time pushing, which would also make the baby's head a bit more cone-shaped. Um, but really, it's about being kind of low in the pelvis for a good amount of time. And this baby was that. And um, when she came out, um, parents were like, you know, of course, loving and adoring her. And definitely recognize the intensity of her cone-shaped head. Um, I took photos, and within an hour of that baby being born, she looked completely different. And her dad goes, wow, look how different her head looks. And they were just busy, you know, bonding and hanging out with their baby, but stark difference an hour later. So a pretty fun fact, um, again, how babies can were made de designed to get out of bodies. Well, I think uh, cone-headed babies are nice. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of them because it means that often they were really nice to their parents in a way. Not, not too cone-headed because then that means they're spending a lot of time in that birth canal. But, you know, we don't want babies coming out flat-headed, right? Babies come out um, if you're touching your the top of your head, slide your hand to the back of your head to right where it starts to turn that corner to come down the back. That's where babies come out. They're facing down and they come out there because that's the smallest part of their head. We don't really want babies to come out flat-headed first or forehead first because that would hurt a heck of a lot more. And it's a lot easier getting something that's like a little narrow cone-shaped through your body than like a bowling ball. Totally true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from a science perspective. That, that was super scientific. A whole lot of sense. Go science. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Science definitely always says no cone heads, all ball, or no bowling balls, all cone heads. So. Yeah. So frequently when I'm hanging out with new parents, they're like, oh my gosh, I wonder how much more she should be eating. Oh no, do I have enough colostrum? Um, I'm concerned about the amount. Oh, well, right. They always want to give like ounces to right, the baby. To a brand new tiny little baby. So um, imagine this. We are pretty used to seeing both breastfeeding and bottle feeding. So with breastfeeding, right? 
Um, if you've seen a baby breastfeed, it's not usually a tiny, tiny newborn, right? Because they're at home with their parents. Um, you see out and about a mom who maybe attaches baby at the breast, but baby knows exactly how to get on there. She basically lifts up her shirt and the baby's attached to the breast. Same thing with a bottle. You see a bottle that's like all the way filled up with <laughs> milk, right? And given to a baby. We don't often see those first couple of days. Here's why putting that much milk into a baby's stomach would not work. Because babies are born with stomachs the size of, wait for it, a marble. A what? A marble. Oh my goodness. It's like you've lost your marbles. (laughs) Sorry. Baby belly puns. (laughs) Babies' tummies are not large places, okay? They are small and they get bigger rapidly. A lot of change in those first couple of weeks of life, but makes sense why when they go to the breast and they're sucking on that colostrum that's there, they don't need ounces and ounces because there's no place for it to go. And here's how rapidly their bellies do grow, too, because by day three, that belly is the size of a ping pong ball. And by day 10, it's the size of a a chicken egg. Uh That is some rapid growth. You know what I'm feeling like right now? Like that of a TV, um, how there's sometimes those like uh, public educational things. (laughs) And it goes, the more you know, and there's like the... Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Oh, we've done this so many times. <laughs> I feel like that like the right stars, now. like the shooting it's the, stars, it's right? It's the shooting stars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah that, like the after school specials, is that the same? I think, yeah. I think it's kind of the same. Now we're oh. aging ourselves. I, I wish there were after school specials. The twenty five year olds have no idea. No, what we're sorry, talking guys. About. You gotta okay. go check out some after school specials and and the more you know, the stars ding at the end. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Moving right along. So, um, oh, this is one of my favorites <laughs> too. Right up there with their bellies. Why is this so hard for us to say? It's so funny. You just want to talk about poop. That's why. I do. I love to talk about poop. Babies' first poops are evil. Evil? Yeah, I would call them evil. poor little innocent baby with With poop. That is evil. Evil poop. Okay, tell us why it's evil. Okay, because it's meconium. Let's talk about this meconium. Because babies are not getting mature milk, they're getting uh, colostrum. They are having meconium poops. So mm-hmm. um, meconium is kind of a sticky, tar-like substance that comes out of their bums. Poop. Poop. Um, tar. tar. Tar poop. 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 Yep. Yep. Sticky tar poop. And remember how we were just saying, like, oh, your baby's skin's never touched air, and now clothes are touching it, and people are trying to wipe their butts and all of that? Well, now they have this sticky, tar-like poop on their butt, and... You got to get it off and you can't, I mean, this is not a job for a baby wipe, like one single baby wipe. It might be the job for like uh, a warm washcloth, but it's a lot, like it's really sticky and it can be kind of a lot of poop. So here is a super trick for getting that meconium off their bums. At, before there's poop, so probably the previous diaper change, take some olive oil. And wipe that olive oil all over baby's butt, genitals, and everywhere basically that the the diaper is going to cover. And that way, when the baby poops, it won't be sticky. Now, this doesn't work with coconut oil because it's super absorbent. And mm-hmm. uh, really, yeah. Think about when you rub coconut oil. I, I'm just blowing your mind today, aren't I? I know. I'm like, 
Oh, coconut oil? I tell people to use coconut oil. Oh, yeah. No, it's super absorbent. If you think oh. about when we put coconut oil on our skin, it's oh, like, like lotion. Wow. I should, like, take some classes and get educated. I should teach you so much, Apparently. <laughs> wow. And we called you the baby whisperer. Apparently, I know nothing about babies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reward or those. Co- or coconut oil. Oh, I don't know that much about <laughs> coconut oil. Uh, sometimes I'm cooking with it. And I'm like, hey. Kid, slather this on your skin. And if I had a baby, I'd plop it on her bum. <laughs> but you would wash your hands before you make it Returning sound like you'd back go to cooking. From cooking. Yeah, there's no like curry yeah. on my hands and curry on the bum. No. No, no. But there's a spoon in my giant vat of coconut oil, and I'm like, one for the pan, one for the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's good internally and externally. All the places. Yeah. Yep. So put no coconut uh, no coconut oil on the bum because it's very absorbent. Don't use peanut oil because, you know, peanut allergies, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure how avocado oil works uh-huh. because it's, let's get honest, it's just too damn expensive to be putting it on a butt. <laughs> right? <laughs> True. That stuff is super expensive, um, and I don't know that vegetable oil would be I the best use choice. Crisco. You could use a little Pam spray. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, no! Don't aerosol Pam spray your Do baby's not, butt. Just, no, just no, get please. olive oil, please. Yes. It doesn't have to be nice olive oil. Just regular old olive oil. Yeah. Um, yes. So go with that. So really, we're talking the first couple of days of life. We're not talking like. Once that black tar-like substance is gone, you don't need to oil your baby's butt anymore. Right. But it's a, it's a nice little clue for it is, it's sticky and it um, is difficult to remove. And so that's why that barrier is a nice idea. And it stains everything. So if you're somebody who is planning to cloth diaper, wait until it has, your baby is not having meconium diapers anymore because you will never get that meconium out of your cloth diapers. Mm-hmm. I have some uh, swaddle blankets that have meconium poop on it and, oh wow, you know, forever stayed stained. Well, hydrogen peroxide, come on. Uh, I I will challenge you. I will hold you to a stain challenge. I mean, those stains are like nine years old now. Yeah. But I will, if you can beat my stains. Yeah. Okay. Should we have a stain off? I'm not sure why you have those. (laughs) Let's (laughs) shush. (laughs) Don't you judge me. Okay. So I would like my dog to bark on command, but I'm not sure he will. So um, let's Oh, oh. I was like, where are you going? (laughs) <laughs> Baxter, should I knock at the door? That would help. Here, Go knock. I'll just... Oh, no. Nope. That wasn't the door. That's why. Sorry, everybody. I don't think we're getting okay. the... Baxter's not fooled by the fact that I'm actually on the inside of the door. Yeah, so... Baxter, he'll certainly bark at some point, though. At some point, you'll hear him, and you'll go, oh, yes, that was the sound effect we were looking for. Um, what what we're bad timing we have there of all the barks. <laughs> your baby actually knows your dog's bark if you have a dog. Ooh, on the outside from the, remembering it. On, on the, the inside. inside. Same thing for um, baby recognizing um, people in your life. Oh, there we go. Oh, he just did it. That was a tiny little one. Um, so uh, babies recognize um, their parents' voices. Or even, I would go this far, um, people that are frequently in their life. Like a sibling. Yes. Yes. Yep. Same thing with um, even types of music. Um, I've heard... 
um, stories of babies really responding to different music that if you've listened to a fair amount of particular type of music in um, your pregnancy, then they really are drawn to that type of pregnancy and it can be soothing to them um, on the outside because they recognize it. Yeah, since I'm up on my research today, I'll share a very... Well, uh, yes, please. <laughs> this is not going to wow you. But there is a, a, a story that I've heard for many, many years about... Um, this is going to date the story way back about a mom while she was pregnant watched a lot of the show M.A.S.H., Oh, Do you remember well, that show, MASH? Yeah, it, but that was, like, when I was a kid. Right. This yeah. is, like, early okay. 80s. Okay. But she was pregnant and um, watched MASH every day. And then the – or maybe it was the reruns. Maybe it wasn't so long oh, ago. Because okay. MASH is still on, like, Netflix. That's on – I see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when the baby was born, heard the the theme, theme song for MASH. And, oh, my gosh. like – Totally seemed to know it and then kind of grew up like knowing that theme song. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know. This is just a story I hear. Yeah, I have fun. heard around. You've not heard this one? No. No. No, okay. but I also, um, with my babies and children, I had um, a song that I would sing um, as I went to sleep. Um, when I was trying to get them to sleep. Yeah. And that was a very calming song of, you know, I remember even when my daughter at... Um, four had to get some stitches and she's like mommy sing your song sing the song and so it was a real calming so um just to remember i think that um not something you have to make a point during pregnancy oh my gosh i gotta find my sounds but to know that um a baby recognizes those song those sounds and sometimes even at a birth when a baby's having a challenging time transitioning to the outside world um meaning they're trying to figure out how to breathe or some things like that i'll encourage a parent to go over um as providers are kind of you know helping that baby out and talk to them just talk yeah. Because I've seen times where a parent will talk to their baby and it's interesting how it feels like they just kind of land in their body and they are, um, that baby responds in a different way. Yeah. So um, voice is strong. Sound is strong. All right. Oh. <laughs> I love this I'm one. I'm too exhausted to, to discuss this. I'm going to go take a nap while you do this one. Okay. Number eight is whoever said that um, sleep like a baby never actually had a baby. Uh, uh. So um, here's what a, a newborn sleep patterns um, generally look like. Um, they are awake and asleep. Babies are jerks. A lot. (laughs) Meaning that they don't necessarily get to that deep um, REM sleep um, in those early days. They're fairly easily um, startled. Um, One of the reasons why um, it's often recommended that you um, swaddle your baby as they go to sleep is that their inborn startle reflex can wake them up out of a sleep cycle and then they're awake when they really want and need to be asleep. And your baby is going to be like, oh, I don't like being swaddled. See, I'm trying to move my hands and bat my hands. Don't swaddle me. I don't like it. Your baby's a liar. Swaddle that baby. The reason the baby is batting his or her hands is because they want to have that startle and get their hands moving. And that little hand is going to smack them in the face and they're going to be like, oh, that reminds me. I should wake up and eat right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, babies should eat a lot. Sure. But also sleep. But part of the reason that they don't sleep for very long is remember that marble belly? Yeah. Yeah. You got to fill it. You got to fill it. It's easily filled, but it's very easily emptied. 
Yeah. Remember, evil poops. Yes. And also, let's let's remind folks that, because I've had quite a few newborns recently where people are like, oh my gosh, my baby is sleeping so soundly and so deeply, it's really hard to wake them. Yeah. So that is actually a normal challenge as well. Um, I know we talk about, and even in this example, we're like, oh my, like sleeping like a baby, that's ridiculous because babies, you know don't tend to sleep for hours at a time and they don't necessarily <sighs> get into a deep sleep. They're easily yeah. woken, that sort of thing. But let's talk about those babies, especially the ones in the first couple of weeks of life that are actually really challenging to try to wake them because they need that food to fill their tiny little bellies. And so that can be quite a challenge for some folks. And I want to normalize that, um, but we don't tend to find that that lasts past about the first two-week mark, and then babies are more easily awoken, and um, yeah, they just have funny sleep patterns. Yeah, and you'll find ways to wake up your baby by tickling their feet, changing their clothes, changing their diaper, putting a cold washcloth on their back. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it. babies need to eat, so being in a deep sleep and just sleeping is not a great option until your baby's above their birth weight right. and um, right yeah and this is a pretty um this is a big topic that we're obviously with sleep and eating that we're kind of barely skimming the surface of um that is this is the very top so yep. more we, to come there's a lot of deepness going on um, that can happen okay so uh tears little oh. baby tears I know. They don't have any usually. They're, they're usually, a newborn does not have tears. Occasionally I see one that has tears, but it's pretty infrequent that they do. So They um, only have enough to moisten their eyes and not to actually come out of their, to come out. Right. Yeah. And when does that develop? It, it varies. Yeah. Um, some babies are a couple months old. And they start to develop tears. I would say some are even closer to a year old. There was a baby tears. yesterday who was crying and had tears running down her face. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. The five-week-old? Uh-huh. A tear. One tear. Oh, just I one. Know. Just one. Yeah. And it might not be consistent either. Where right. sometimes you might notice a tear and other times you don't. So... Um, just kind of a normal newborn trait that some babies have tears, but most don't, and they develop over time. Unlike toddlers, who That's when they are not when they don't have tears, sometimes that is a bit of a forced cry. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then looking at you like, see, see I'm yeah, crying. I'm crying. <laughs> um, babies are not trying to manipulate babies. Babies don't have that ability to manipulate you. The, the, I wish that we were doing a video because adorable, the look on your face when you just made those sound effects. Oh. It was very fun. I was like, you looked like a, <laughs> a toddler putting on the waterworks. Ooh, well, maybe we'll Instagram my toddler crying face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, your baby is going to be born in, well, potentially. <laughs> this is going to gross some people out. Oh, I love it. These words. Your baby can have a substance on their skin that looks a lot like cream cheese. Schmear. <laughs> a light cream cheese spread. Just a light. Well, Just a light, well I don't well, know. Some look like frosting. That's true. Occasionally we see the the definitely bathed in 
the cream cheese type spread. Wow, like did somebody frost this baby before birth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is that? <laughs> what Elise? are we talking about? We are talking about Vernix. Vernix. It's a so fancy, fancy, funny name. I know. We're going to wow you guys with our fancy, funny names. Vernix. So this cream cheesy stuff that's on a baby or frosting like substance is like miracle wrinkle cream. Mm. I know. Get a little under your eyes there. Yeah. Right? Yep, yep. As you're touching your baby. It's the reason that your baby can sit in water for, you know, roughly 40 weeks and not come <laughs> out looking like a California raisin. Oh. Because if I went into the bathtub for even like an hour, let alone 40 weeks, they get a little pruny. Yeah. But babies, not so much. Yeah. They've got vernix. So the fresher your baby is, meaning the earlier that baby is born, the more vernix they tend to have. Mm -hmm. And as they kind of get towards that due date or past that due date, there's less on them. But when your water breaks, you might even see some yep. vernix floating in the water. So. And what that is, it looks like, I don't know, uh, white... Uh, not chunks, but white flecks, maybe? It's Somewhere not, between a fleck and a chunk. Like yeah. a, oh, what's that word to describe that? Mm. Something between a fleck and a chunk. It's <laughs> it's that. What would be between Watered a fleck and a Watered down cream cheese. So put some cream cheese in some water. Wow, that's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Even for us. And I okay. feel like I could eat a sandwich while watching a birth. Well, that's why when we talk about, um, you know, having clear amniotic fluid, um, when I say clear, it's not going to look like water out of a tap, right? Right, no. There's going to be a little um, color slash um, some, it's it's not, I don't know, how do I say that? Not chunky, but... Flecky, chunky. There we There's go. There's got to be some other word. There's another word, but we're not finding it, so we should probably stop before we get annoying. Um, <laughs> sure, I suppose we could do yeah. that. Yeah. So um, amniotic, uh, I'm sorry, vernix is what I'm trying to say here. Um, when a baby comes into your arms just after birth, um, a provider will be taking a little um, either towel or... Um, Receiving blanket. Receiving blanket, little small blanket, and they will be rubbing of your baby. So a couple of reasons for that. First reason, it is not, and I do say again, not to get any vernix off of their body. No. That's not the point. They don't care. Because that's the stuff that smells like amniotic fluid that's right. going to match your breasts. Right. So they're not trying to get that off, but what they are trying to do is similar to me stepping out of my shower into a room that is not particularly heated. If I don't dry off, I'm going to get cold. Same, same with a baby. They've come from a watery environment inside of you. Even if your water's broken, it is still a, there's liquid in there, okay? It is warm. It is your body. Um, yeah, it doesn't heat. become dry as soon as your water breaks. No, exactly. So, That's a big misconception. You keep making amniotic fluid. Yep. So um, same thing of getting out of a shower. You feel a little cold unless you start drying off, right? And putting maybe something on your body. Um, same with a newborn baby. They're trying to do that. Secondly, doing a little bit of that rubbing helps to kind of um, it stimulates baby a little bit. Like says, hey, let's get things going if yeah. baby needs it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's breathe. Hey, let's do whatever. Right. Some so, providers do more of this than others. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's pretty typical and standard. And there is no like, oh my gosh, I should protect my baby from outside influences. What are they doing to my baby? We're just trying to kind of explain and normalize why, what's the method behind this? What is an understanding of how a baby can be helped um, in this situation, right? So it's not about, you. the baby's gross, let's get the vernix off. No. It's not at all that. And quite the flip side. Like, it's a, definitely a reason to ask, you know, providers to not bathe your baby right away. Right. And to do some skin to skin and let all of that great vernix soak in. Right. Yep. It makes sense. And and times have changed. Um, my 19-year-old was taken away about an hour after birth to have a bath. Wow. Um, my next baby, born two years later, was bathed two days after she was born. So both probably a change in um, the areas where they were born, mm -hmm. um, the two countries they were born in, um, America being the first and <laughs> New Zealand being the second, which was probably a little up on their research and um, forward thinking there. Um, so it's it, times change, right? Um, and... I think there are some folks who feel educated in, I want things to be really natural and normal and all of that. And um, knowing that someone's going to wipe your baby off after they're born, I hope that we've been able to dim diminish that misconception that it's about cleaning your baby. It's actually more about getting water off of them so they don't get cold. Because if you're figuring out how to breathe, and how to um, transition into this world, the last thing you need to do is put energy in your body into shivering. Right. That takes a lot of calories, actually. And we don't need them putting that energy in. They've just had a big transition of being born. So we want to keep them nice and warm. Wow. Yeah, that was good. That was great. Yeah. Get good, the get, good, good job, job <laughs> I think we gave people some really helpful information. I think today. so too. Yeah. So babies, they're pretty weird, and they're beautiful and I think, amazing. I think, but we mostly need to, just super weird. I think we need to Instagram lots of baby pictures this week with adorable babies flying. and weird ones and weird ones. That's true. We should put. But some sometimes pictures when up. they're weird, they are adorable. Oh yeah, I love the weird and adorable. It's like. You know, why peak at birth, right? Why peak with all your cuteness? Save some of that cuteness for the rest of your life. Why peak at birth? Oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't use oh, up all yeah. your cuteness when you're born. You got to save yeah. some of it. Good point. Yeah. I can also look at um, newborn pictures of um, my three kids, and I know which one is which because, you know, they're my babies, but I look into their face and I think, oh, yeah, you don't really look like you. No. You started looking like you a couple days after you were born, not at that immediately you were just born. Which is a great reason why it's nice to have visitors come a couple days later instead of right after you have a baby because your so baby's going to change a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very true. And maybe even schedule those newborn photos, you know, a little bit out. Yeah. Give her a week or two. Yeah. Just don't get into baby acne. No. Yeah. Oh, so many more we can add to this list. Yeah, we better stop here. All right, well. You, um, thank you so much for listening. 
and follow us on Instagram at Pushing It Podcast and on Facebook. And be sure to check us out at Patreon. You can become a member and actually have some face-to-face time with the two of us. We can help you plan for your weird baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the birth of that weird baby or the postpartum stages. So, um, yep. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.